me fucking scoot back there so I guess I'm fucking so I don't punch the microphone. <clears throat> Ladies and gents, this is the moment you waited for. Welcome to Filmoscopy. Uh, this episode, we are covering The Greatest Showman. And joining me today are Owen. Hello. And Lance. Hello. And I believe Lance invited a special guest onto this episode. Yes, I sure did. And let me go ahead and give him an intro as only I can. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Filmoscopy proudly presents to you our guest host of today's episode, father of Tariel, brother of Alex, stalker of frozen foods, and seller of eyeglassware, Jacob Dukesher! Wait for it. Yeah. Wait for it. Woo. Dukesher! Hey, Jakey. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing really good. Can't wait to uh, uh, rock this movie with you guys. A <laughs> uh, real quick intro for Jacob, also like a real one. He is the co-founder, co-host, and editor of his own podcast with his brother and my best friend Alex and Alex's wife Kristen. It's called I'll Take Three. A and it's movie a fun little podcast. Hunt. Probably come on, you gotta get the full title in there, Lance. Yeah, my bad, but you guys are probably more organized than we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also. A mean impressionist of John Wayne. Hey, I get a little too nervous to do that in front of uh, big audiences like this. Listen here, Pilgrim. <laughs> he, Jacob was like, he did a little little march. There wasn't even a cowboy thing. And he goes, hell do you, Pilgrim. He goes, I can't do it. I'm nervous. <laughs> it was, but by that two seconds, it was spot on. It was it was great, and then I remember um, on their latest episode they were talking about Alex said he goes I don't know me and Lance used to do either a John Wayne or a Jack Nicholson we called it the Jack Nicholson but it was the exact same thing Jacob was doing so <laughs> that's our impersonation of those two guys sounds uh, fantastic yes it is how you doing sir I'm doing good how are you guys doing good. great well, yeah we're doing good thank you for good. being part of this episode we finally got Jacob on yeah you chickened out the last last invite. Now, I think he would have been a lot really fun on Twilight. Like, <laughs> that was our worst episode so far because I shit all over it. Like, this movie had, sucks. I think we had fun. I think we all shit on it, though. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Like I did with Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't show up. I liked the movie a little too much to for that. <laughs> oh, it would have been a good contrast, though. But, J- hey, Jacob, what is your opinion of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 05? Look, I'll tell you what. That movie scared the shit out of me because it's bonkers. <laughs> It is so terrible. I had nightmares. It's so it's like it's like the Conjuring for you for me. Well, I'll tell you what. I went and saw the Conjuring, uh, the first one for the first time with my good buddy Lance over here, and I forgot uh, about that. missed the shout out on that that episode. You know, so I'm a little spiteful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a little bit. I try to I try to remember all my stories, but that one I just remember my dad being a ghost and waking me up the next morning. So. <laughs> He's back for the land of living! Because Lance lives in the, the house from Danny Phantom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I never watched that cartoon. Uh, so, 
as I said at the beginning, we are covering The Greatest Showman. Uh, uh, I think it's the first time we've ever covered a musical on this show. Hopefully the last time. No, it won't be, because I do want to do Sweeney Todd at some point. Oh, God. (laughs) But to go through uh, some of the basic information about the film like we usually do, instead of waiting until we're 25 minutes into the podcast this time. Hey, that's what everybody likes, dude. Calm the fuck down. Hey. Look. You just just sit there and let me do my thing. I would if it was entertaining. No, <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so the movie was directed by Michael Gracie, which I'm not familiar with that name. Gracie. Uh, well, it's the name Michael, like Michael Myers, and then Gracie. You know, come on, Cody. It's, it's like John Wayne, name. like John Wayne Gacy, yeah, but John with an Wayne R. G- <laughs> <laughs> Rated R. Um, sorry. <laughs> the movie does have several big. Um, stars in it uh, including Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum uh, Zac Efron Michelle Williams Rebecca Ferguson and Zendaya hey, I have a question what's the T stand for? Teen oh gosh they said it they say it several times in the movie and I cannot remember P.T. Hold on let me Jacob feel free to chime in anytime buddy the his his full name is Phineas Taylor Barnum. Oh, uh, I thought it was testicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty testicle Barnum. <laughs> PT for short. Um, <laughs> My friends call me PT, but you can call me Pretty Testicle. PT's got TB. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the hell, that's uh, probably what he died of. <laughs> so. The film was released uh, in the United States on December 20th, 2017. That was the actual official theatrical release. There is a uh, limited release on the RMS Queen Mary II on December 8th, 2017. And it was later released in the United Kingdom on December 26th, 2017. It has a runtime of 105 minutes. Not too bad. Uh, The movie had a budget of $84 million and... It had a box office draw of $435 million. One of the most notable things that this movie had when it released, um, music. The, the music was very popular. Um, I mean, it had music in it. The music the, the music was very popular online. I know, I know. It was the first movie. It have. was this great Jacob Slow reaction. He was like, this is the first movie to ever have music in it. That's what I was yeah. thinking you meant. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> This shit is uh, groundbreaking. It was to the point, it was so popular to the point where they actually released a reimagined soundtrack where every song was redone by a famous group or musician or whatever. DJ Lethal, bring it on! Sorry. DJ Khaled. I had a flashback. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, like, this is the moment you waited for. Another DJ one. DJ Khaled. Another one. <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, so before I get into the details of the soundtrack itself, uh, I know Owen, Lance, or Jacob, were there any songs in particular that you really, really like in this movie? Yeah, the one that played at the ending, because I knew the movie was over. <laughs> Got him. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I realized, I mean, it's the same song they sung 
like three or four times, but it's the same song that Pink sung. Like that's the one that plays no, on it, the pop that's station. The, the Kesha actually sang that song that "This Is Us" or "This Is Me" song or whatever. Not this. No, is I us. think that I think Pink sings a song too. No, Kesha sings it. Pink sings uh, "A Million Dreams" or whatever. That's the song I'm talking about. I don't know the other one. What's the song that they sing when they're on the roof? That's a million dreams. Like they have all the. Okay, yeah. that song sounds like um another song from. Do you guys remember the Polar Express? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never watched it. There's that, this I, one. I, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say Polar Express was a movie I watched like one time and. It gave me a headache, and I was like, I'm never watching this again. That's because they all look like weird fucking flesh zombies. They all look disgusting. <laughs> it's the yeah. eyes, man. It's the eyes. <laughs> There's this song on there where they're singing like about, um, they're like on the back of the train or something. They're singing about Santa Claus, and I swear to God, it sounds exactly like, um, what is it, A Million Dreams or some shit? Yeah. They well, sound- they sound one and the same almost. Well, stealing in music is not like unique. I mean, not, yeah, you're gonna run into the like um, pop rap song I showed you that they ripped off. Go ninja, go ninja, go from go Vanilla. Ninja, go ninja, go. And she's like, go babies, go babies, go. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, they stole that fucking thing from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and this song like came Taylor out this Swift. year. Uh, I don't think it's Taylor Swift. that somebody else. No, Taylor Swift stole like took the the melody and the music from that uh, "I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt" song, and for her. Look at what you made me do, song or whatever. That sounds what awful. You made me do. I don't look at what you made me do. I'm too sexy. For, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's <laughs> literally the same music. And, yeah, and melody that's the and thing everything. with. Yeah, the thing with music is, is that you're eventually probably gonna. There's going to be a time where you're going to run out of like unique melodies that there's really no way that you're not going to be able to step on somebody's toes. Well, you can be like ACDC, Metallica, and they'll go back and all sound the fucking same. Or you could just fucking screech into the microphone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like some emo shit Cody listens to. <laughs> like Garth Brooks. <laughs> Cody's really mad right now. I can tell he got quiet. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not mad. I just don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> um, Cody doesn't listen uh, to emo. What about shit? Jacob? Uh, Jacob, was there any songs that you thought that you're like, hey, this, uh, I like this, or something that stood out to you? Well, I I love this movie and I love this album. So yeah, all of them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're here because me and Owen are going to be like, yeah, we're going to lay back on this one. Yeah, it's going to bring a nice balance to this, which is <laughs> good. Like, we, don't, we don't need another Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, situation. <laughs> hey, well, hey, that we'll was see how good. Good. We'll see how vocal I am about it. This is fucking bullshit because last episode you two ganged up on me. We didn't gang up on you. You were honest. I didn't have a buddy. <laughs> I mean, we, we were fucking honest. I'm going to start I'm gonna start bringing some backup in the movies. <laughs> Look, I, I have told you guys. To get your friends on here, if you'd like, I'm cool with it. You guys just don't have any friends. Yeah, I'm like your one friend. I yeah, have a friend right here. Right. It's called. <laughs> God, <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's Rosie Palm and her fucking five sisters. Rosie, bro. Palm. <laughs> <laughs> that's my friend. <laughs> I can be your friend too. <laughs> we had to do that before the podcast. So. Oh, so, yeah. so for me. The th- there are three songs in this movie specifically that I really like, and um, you're gonna sing all three of them right now. <laughs> yeah, from just start to finish, you're all just gonna sit there and like it. End of the podcast, baby. We're done. <laughs> um, so the ones that I really like are the other side, which is the song that Hugh Jackman and Zach Efron sing in the bar. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, one. Yeah, that that's probably my favorite one as well. Um, I I think I yeah I think that one's okay. Uh, rewrite the stars 
is pretty good. That's my second favorite one. And <laughs> and the third one is From Now On, which is the last song in the movie. Um, where, you know, P.T. Barnum finally realizes how much of a greedy douchebag he's been the whole like for most of the movie and uh comes back down to reality but we'll talk about that when we go through the plot oh, it goes reality step back to reality <laughs> <laughs> is that the song you're talking about cody That's yeah exactly it was i so would have loved that movie song song was in this <laughs> oh there goes gravity <laughs> um okay do you guys realize this movie um about this guy i looked it up and you know, he's obviously known for his lavish acts and pretty much starting the circus and all that stuff like that. Yeah. He's pretty much a precursor to Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Like, starting yeah, the world. Similar. Yeah, I mean, it's it's straight up what this is. And that guy says, how do you feel everything you promote is fake? And he goes, well, the smile is real. Same exact thing Vince McMahon says. And he was saying back in the 80s. So, I thought it was, was like, man, this, this is a musical about Vince McMahon. Was uh, P.T. Barnum as buff as uh, Vince McMahon? Of course. <laughs> No. <laughs> Even more so. Well, have you seen him? Okay, you should see him in X-Men Origins Wolverine. P.T. Barnum is fucking ripped. <laughs> yeah, he, he, P.T. Barnum was great as Wolverine. Uh, so one one it, quick thing. Like, I noticed, okay, obviously, um, uh, what's his name? Hugh Jackman. But uh, Zendaya, is that her name? Yeah, yeah Zendaya. Yeah. I, those are the two people I recognize the most, and it's only because of the comic book movies they do. Hmm. So Martin yeah, so. Scorsese can kiss my ass when it comes to Marvel movies aren't art. So, as we usually do on these episodes, um, let's talk about our history with the movie. Uh, we'll our history. With, well, started back we'll in start, 1988. <laughs> we'll start with Owen. Have you ever seen this movie before um, watching it for the podcast? No, um, I've only probably heard one or two of the songs on the radio, but I don't really listen to the radio that much. So. Yeah, I, I have I had really no clue going into it, like what it was going to be really. I mean I knew it was about P. T. Barnum and I knew it was about the circus, but I, I had no prior exposure to basically when I watched it yesterday. Okay. What about you, Lance? <clears throat> well, I've heard A Million Dreams by uh Pink's cover of it, I guess, on the radio and I may have seen no, I haven't seen the advertisement for this movie at all. I have no history with it, but this one time for this podcast. And I was like, ugh, Cody picked that. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised it wasn't, like, a drag. I thought it was kind of unique that this movie's, like, it's very much a Disney movie, but this is before Disney bought Fox. Yeah, it is It is weirdly um, I, I, either coincidental or ironic that, Disney now owns this movie, and it feels very much like something they would they would make um, nowadays. Yeah, I, I wonder when they. I couldn't remember when they started the negotiations to buy Fox, and you know if that influenced. I don't know if it influenced or anything because this guy who directed it. I looked him up. He kind of like just he directed Pink's uh, documentary she had about herself. This came out either last year or this year. I haven't watched it. I'm not a fan of Pink. Uh, nothing wrong with her, I just don't like her. But yeah, I guess he kind of does like musical stuff, music videos, and stuff like that. So yeah, well, what's yeah. interesting before before we get to Jacob and and my history um, on the movie, bringing up Disney, they were actually I guess they were in like pre planning stages or something for a sequel to the movie before Disney purchased Twentieth uh, Century Fox, 
and as of right now, it seems like the mo- the sequel's not going to happen, um, mm. which is weird considering, like we just said, you know, this does seem like it's something that Disney would make, and it was very profitable, so, you know, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, you don't know, I mean, Chinese Democracy came out like 20 years after it was promised, that's an album by... I thought you meant like the Chinese Democracy <laughs> album. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, the yeah. album by uh, Guns N' Roses, which I'm not a yeah, Guns Yeah, but that was, that was also a giant fiasco. I remember going to Best Buy, and there was like literally an entire row of the, the CD section that was nothing but Chinese Democracy. Like, that's how everyone like got so many copies in stores thinking that that album was just going to sell like crazy, and it just Because no, you have a... You have a, uh, as a musical act, you do have a shelf life, and if you're out of the public eye for so long, you, they do forget you. I mean, it's one of those, I mean, Guns N' Roses was still selling out stadium tours back in, like, 2017, though. They they went to Nissan and, like, all the big stadiums that did a show. I think they did shows with Metallica, so. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, it is kind of, like I said, it is kind of weird that this feels like a Disney film. And if I'm not mistaken, it came out around the same time as The Last Jedi. And if I had known that, I would have wasted my money on this movie rather than The Last Jedi in the movie theaters. But that's just me. <laughs> um, all right. So, Jacob, what is your history with this film? Uh, well, in, when, in 2017, when it came out um, in theaters, I was going to the movies a lot. And when I was standing in line for popcorn, they kept playing the same ad over and over again for this movie, and it was really annoying. And so I immediately <laughs> did not like this movie. Um, flash forward to 2019, um, it got put on HBO Max, and I watched it um, with Tariel because it had music in it, and um, she could bop around, you know, and jam, and it wouldn't be bad. And I watched it, and I really liked it, and I've probably watched it like 25 times uh, or something like that. I don't know if that was That's... HBO Max. Was HBO Max came out in 2019? Was it before that? Or after that? Um, it it might have been HBO Go. I'm yeah, I think remember. it was HBO Go at the time. But same, basically the same thing. Yeah. Before they gotcha, my bad. Sorry, I would try to call Jacob out, but um, you're fucking me, wrong! <laughs> <laughs> my, my bad, dude. For me, uh, I don't think I even really paid attention when this movie came out in theaters it wasn't something that i just actively didn't want to see but it was just something i just i just didn't care that it was you know there so i think it was several months after it had come out on uh home release and we found like a blu-ray copy on sale for real cheap and we're like you know everyone says that this movie's really good so why not get it and you know give it a try and i actually really ended up loving the movie it's it is my favorite musical um i've ever seen so and i'm not I, there there are a few music musicals i like but i'm not really a big musical guy me. um so <laughs> oh yeah um lame is rob which uh also stars hugh jackman is really good really yep a lot of uh, violence too but what about cats hey that's oh, the greatest shit. musical of all nice. time oh, when the they don't look scary at all, bro. You love you love it when James Corden as a cat bends yeah. over you and says, cat butthole. I'm like, <laughs> and he's got worms. I I thought that was only going to be my dreams. <laughs> all right, so, <clears throat> uh, I guess we can just go ahead and jump into the plot. The movie opens with, uh, the greatest show 
song, and it shows uh, P.T. Barnum in the circus performing with all of his his cast of uh, misfits, if you will. And um, but it turns out that it's only it. Why are we talking in the background? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> hey, yeah, we weren't talking in the microphone, dude. It's all cool. It's okay. you, you keep going, bud. It won't make the podcast. Sorry, teacher. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's just giving me a note. He's about to check yes or no. I said, do you like me? Yes or no? And he put maybe. Fucking bitch. <laughs> do, you, do you like me? Yes, no. Meet me behind the dumpster after school. Um, so at, at the end of the song, it shows that, I guess it, it's kind of weird because it, it kind of acts like this is a fantasy and it, um, which is the best one you do. Go ahead. You know what? Oh God. Okay. Jacob, you want to be our editor and co-host? <laughs> I'm a little, I got a busy schedule, you know, so I don't well, know if I can handle that. Well, in between you're filling in your eyeglass, you know. Uh, orders you can go ahead and fucking edit a podcast damn it you get um in payment you get our undying gratitude <laughs> and our and lance lance ends up telling owen well i guess you're gonna have to edit owen he's like i was like oh i'm busy lance you're gonna have <laughs> you to get do our it. dozens of fans or dozens of undying fans. let's be quite honest i'm lucky to get owen to reply to any text message whether <laughs> singly or in the group chat <laughs> Hey guys, everything good? And Cody goes, "Yep." Oh yeah. Two days later, sorry guys. Yep. I'm like, it's fucking over with, dude. <laughs> well, you guys gotta save all that conversation for the podcast. Yeah, I don't want to fucking know? exert Owen in any exactly fucking way. Right. Owen won't even fucking retweet us. He exerts I'm, him enough in the bits. cooler. Yeah, working on bits. Owen won't even fucking retweet us when we post something. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm unfollowing you. I told fucks. Cody I was taking a break from Twitter. Okay, had <laughs> enough of this shit. <laughs> he looked at our, he looked at our Phil Mosby Twitter account. And goes, nah. I said, I actually blocked it. I blocked this. He checked it out. I was like, he blocked his reporters like, for indecency. I was like, why does this fucking idiot keep tagging me in this shit? What the fuck? <laughs> Block this guy. I'm not friends with Owen on Facebook, so I just, when I put it up on Facebook, I said, me, Cody, the third man, will be talking about the movie. The third <laughs> man, yeah. I love that's that my, part. That's my fucking alias. Uh, yeah, about about Hugh Jackman. This The one thing I, uh, I don't know, I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, so so what do you what do you think about Hugh Jackman's, um, but, uh, before you finish that thought, what do you think of Hugh Jackman's singing it was serviceable film. but i didn't like him like portraying the character i thought he was unlikable uh being the only person of the three that has no musical talent because i know cody is an accomplished singer in my opinion i think owen's a pretty good singer when he's being sarcastic <laughs> and he's pretty good at guitar playing too and i know jacob dabbles in music i mean he's right he writes his own music sometimes i have no musical uh like ability whatsoever i think i can dance but i look like a professional wrestler named Akeem that tries to think he's black when I dance. <laughs> so, uh, I am, I think he was like fine. I thought it was really good. I just thought the thing that I thought was weird about it was like, okay, this is a fantasy about him looking how he's going to look when he's older. I'm like, that's kind of a weird placement for yeah. that. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to say. It, it's kind of weird, especially when at the end they kind of circle back to the same performance but it's yeah. actually happening. 
So it's just it's a little bit confusing about how that. It's a little too on the nose, up, but... if you will. But yeah, Jacob, what did you think about his singing? I thought his singing was fine. I thought uh, it was like serviceable for the movie. He wasn't the obviously the star singer of the the movie of any by any means, but it was it was good for the movie. Um, I will say for the opening track, I thought the opening track was uh, first of all a banger. Um, I thought it was awesome. Um, but the, and the way that like the audience fades away and stuff and turns into um, like his his him seeing his what he wants to do his dream basically I don't know I thought that was a pretty cool uh, way to way to show that that's his dream and he would like to be a showman of some kind I mean definitely on the nose in terms of predicting a circus because that was crazy and he didn't really have that idea he had the idea for stuff uh, wax figures and stuff but I mean good song. What about you, um, Yeah, like I said, I thought it was serviceable as a singer. Um, like I said, I didn't really like his portrayal as a character. I didn't find him like particularly likable, but his singing was fine, um, from what I recall. You, you know, the his likability in this film, it to me, he starts off as be is like a very yeah. empathetic character. You know, he comes from nothing, and you know, his his him and his dad are. Really, and then he like, very like quickly and, like circles back, um, and now he's like kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean well, he he becomes wealthy and he wants to like the, he's more worried about the notoriety and and just being famous as opposed to like actually caring about the people who got him there yeah. in the first place. And I mean like I I'm you know I know that's integral to the story that's supposed to be you know he's like uh that's supposed to make way for his redemption. But I don't know there's just something about um Hugh Jackman where I just I don't know I don't like his face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't really know how to get deeper than that just there's some kind of primal monkey part in my brain that's like me no like this man <laughs> that primal i uh, monkey. i had that same feeling for somebody is that, is, are you talking about me jacob <laughs> no, i'm talking about a guy with the initials ms lance who worked, used to work at dollar general oh okay gotcha. i was about to say you just want to go solo is that what you're trying to do yeah i think the song sucks <laughs> I just think because the song sucks. I, mean, I should have used that. I and mean, Cody's like, what do you think about the opening song? I'm like, I just think it sucks. What, what, are, you, uh, what are you talking it's about? It's from Aqua Teen Hunger uh, Force. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, real quick question. Um, Not question, really. I don't have a problem with Hugh Jackman, but the thing, shit, there was something else I was going to say about the opening scene. Um, Well, fuck. So, hold on. He's singing. Uh, no, the, the thing is, like, I didn't get the feeling... That his dad was looked upon. Like, that was kind of like, not I wouldn't say rushed, but it wasn't really touched on. Like, he looked dirty as shit. His dad didn't really look that dirty. And, well, you know. I, I mean, obviously, you have to draw a lot of, like, you have to make a lot of assumptions since his dad's only in the film for, like, excuse me, minutes or something. Excuse but. me, sir. Assuming makes an ass of you and me. Yeah. And all of the people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't his dad a tailor? That's not like a disrespectable job you know like it could no, have been but worse. They, they also like show that they're kind of, they're really poor yeah you know? well no they show and, that he's uh, really poor when his dad dies that's the thing well, no like, he's poor beforehand because remember after he looks in the after it shows his reflection in the window he like looks down and he's got like a giant hole in his shoe oh well, yeah but like, his dad he looks down he has a hard ass dick <laughs> he's like fuck I need to take care of this and his dad's like you can take care of that later come on his dad's got a sweet ass top hat though so I didn't really get that feeling about his dad I know, I mean I understand it like drawing the lines but 
I didn't get the feeling. They made it look like he was like fucking looked down upon after his dad died, which was very sudden. I mean, it looked like his dad was just sleeping. He goes, here's some water, Dad. And all of a sudden, there's a casket. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, his dad died? Well, I think it's yeah. also the actions yeah, of... Where um, the fuck were you at watching this movie? <laughs> I, th- I think I think it's also the actions of Charity's dad, you know, when he, he makes her laugh or whatever, and she spits out the tea or, or whatever, and he, <coughs> you know, he slaps him. Oh, and he um, bitch slapped, yeah. And he, he tells him, like, you know, stay away from my daughter. It It just... And you see it through the rest of the movie, too. Like, even, like her dad never sees him as like someone that's equal to him because he is, he comes basically from nothing. Like PT Barnum came from nothing. So uh, the movie made that very clear, but he also said, he'd stay away from my daughter and put that boner away. He's like, you need to take care of that. (laughs) You take care of that. They can turn purple pretty soon. Um, can we go out to the pig pen and take care of it? Can we talk about the part where, um, he gets the bread and then, like, the person in the hood... Fucking just who, tackles them. Okay, look, here's... Bam! We're, we're, hold on, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Okay, because so I just... So, we've already kind of talked about... We, we've talked about him, them going to the, him going to the house and all that and being bitch-slapped by the father. Um, <laughs> and then the, the second song... What the hell is going on? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just laugh <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I got an anecdote for them. Like, is this fucking English class? <laughs> Sorry. So, <coughs> you know, he gets slapped and, he, and <laughs> Charity finds him. He's like, I'm trying and, to jerk uh, off. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, he actually grows up with a slapping fetish. It's really weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, so then the second song starts, uh, a million dreams during the song, you get a ton of like backstory filtered through in just a matter of like a couple of minutes. So like Mm -hmm. they go and they find the house, you know, the old house and he's, uh, doing like tricks with the light and all that. And then it cuts to his dad sick in a bed and then it cuts to a casket with his dad's (laughs) hat on it. And then it cuts to him being poor in the street, and um, that's when you know he steals the bread and he's like body slammed by somebody. <laughs> but then, so what awesome. were you going to say, Owen? Okay, so I saw the lady hand him or the person hand him an apple, and I didn't. Now is that okay? So here's what I said. I said, "Oh my God, it's ET," and I was watching this with my girlfriend, <laughs> and she said. After I said that, she was like, "Don't be a dick. That that person really has the, that's what that person really looks like." I thought it was I thought it was just cosmetic makeup. Now now my question is is that does that person really look like that or? Oh, I thought this was gonna be like a Reddit like "Am I the asshole?" Yeah, I sort mean, of yes. situation. Basically, like, am I the asshole? Is Owen the asshole? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually I don't know. Uh, let me, let me try no and do clue. some digging. It's straight up like it looked like E.T. Oh my gosh. It, yeah, it's not really that good of a podcast, Jacob. <laughs> e- <laughs> E.T. phone home. <laughs> E.T. give you Apple. <laughs> E.T. phone Apple. It's pretty good. I uh, I did not have uh, E.T. written down in my notes. I'm glad you brought it up, Owen. <laughs> I, I instantly, I feel bad for the lady because her face was all messed up and I'm, Owen's like, E.T. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> So, it, I can't find a 
for sure answer, but it sounds like, it seems like people think it's an actor named Samantha Bognon, and her face does not look like that. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I've, been, I've been vindicated. It's not a real person, Lauren. It's just an actor. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. The, act, the actor's a real person, though. Well, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, Jason Voorhees looks like that. I mean, that would be. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he feels horrible about it. He does. That's why he wears a hockey mask. You people gotta be more sensitive. So don't make fun of him. So, um, before the song ends, you also see that like P.T. Barnum has been writing letters to Charity while she's at finishing school. And um, <laughs> what? What do you? What? What happens at finishing school? <laughs> it's like military school, school for women. Wait, what is it? It's like military school for women, uh, you know? You gotta learn how to curtsy and shit. Learn how to oh, finish. This is like, learn how to flick the bean or whatever, you know? Not to be <laughs> oh, too on the nose about it. You know, not to be uh, low brow. Well, <laughs> now, ladies, you're gonna need this in your married lives. <laughs> and she pulls what we didn't realize was they were learning, they were learning uh, fatalities. <laughs> <laughs> so, at, at the end of the song, uh, they're both like adults or whatever, and P.T. Barnum goes to the house and, and whisk her away, and her dad says some like douchebag thing like, oh, she'll be back before long. She won't like your small town life, you hear? And that's when Not he goes, I have a big penis. She'll be with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need to finish in school anymore. Uh, real quick question, Cody. Like, a serious question. Like, who Was it the same person who wrote all these songs for the movie, or was it like different people? Not to mess up your research. All, I know you're looking all at tracks were written by uh, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Okay. Okay. I was just curious if they had, like, multiple come. I mean, they did a good job. The songs are catchy. I like them. Like, in the mo, I don't remember any of them, but. Uh, but does yeah. it. It's not offensive to me. Like, I don't know. Uh, some of the music well, they I have, heard they in have... Zack Snyder Justice League last night. Some of the shit is like, what the fuck is this? Other than that, they have other like people that helped with some of the songs. Like I'm looking at it now, and like Eminem, uh, Ryan Lewis helped with the Greatest Show. Uh, that's the only name I really recognize. The other ones must be all like uh, behind, more behind the scenes type people. So they move in together. They have a couple kids. P.T. Barnum is working at a. Um, I guess it's a shipping, uh, like they do ships, shipping yeah. yard or something like that. Yeah, and he uh, goes to his boss and he he has like proposes that they start using airplanes basically uh, to start shipping cargo, but he is told that the company is bankrupt because all their ships are at the bottom of the uh, the South China Sea. Yeah, the South China Sea, and he ends up walking away with the deed to those ships. And he ends up getting a loan from the bank uh, using that deed as collateral because obviously the bank doesn't know that the ships are not in service anymore. Uh, uh, um, can I chime in with a question? Yeah. The Federal Reserve. That's like a prison, right? <laughs> he still doesn't get the concept. <laughs> it's, it's from another movie. I'm sorry. Owen's like not reacting whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Jacob knows what I'm talking about. That's fine. That's uh, it's a big bank that guys. gives little games. It's like it's the one guy's like it's a big bank that gives little banks money. He goes, oh, 
And then he goes, he, <laughs> later on he tells the guy, we're going to lock your ass in the Federal Reserve. He goes, he still doesn't get the concept. <laughs> How did he get the, I didn't see it. How did he get the deed? Was it just something that he found or he actually take it like, you know, he just saw it. On I think Facebook. his boss like handed it to him when he approached him to tell him about his dro- his uh, airplane idea. Oh, that's what yeah. he handed to him. Okay. He was like, we're bankrupt. Why did he hand him the deed? Like, here, fuck it. Well, it's, no, it's no good anymore anyway. Oh, unless you're P.T. Barnum and know how to con a bank. Oh, yeah. Sounds like messing with man. <laughs> um, so he opens his uh, museum of curiosities or oddities or whatever it's called. And uh, it's just a bunch of, like, wax figures, pretty much. Um, you've got, like, elephants. There's, like, a stuffed giraffe in there. Um who is the the thief? What was the thief's name that he has like running the ticket? O'Malley. Well, yeah, O'Malley. Oh, okay. I, he was kind of funny. He goes, "You need something nice, just say the word." I'm like, "That's actually pretty funny." <laughs> <laughs> so the next song in the film is "Come Alive," but I'm having trouble remembering. Yeah, so they they um go to basically the, the kids are like, "Hey, we need something alive in the museum, Dad. This this is boring," uh, and. Then uh, he remembers that little the little man that he saw when he was at the bank, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to go recruit the the short guy to be sitting on top of a horse and be a general of some sort." Yeah, yeah. he's supposed to be like um, Napoleon or something. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah okay. strange. And so I guess the, the song the, <laughs> Mussolini's a little a little late for where this takes place. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I thought he was like, "Wait a minute, isn't never mind." No. <laughs> uh, so the song takes place while he's like um, holding sort of auditions i guess because really he just sees everybody and he's like well this is what we'll do with you now get back there you know um and the troop comes together uh now the movie so i think the main theme of this film is really about like uh the way society views people who are different from the norm and that's you know it's it's made more obvious by like you know the bearded woman and like hiding behind the curtains and all the women in the in the that room wherever she works um some kind of laundry service it seems like uh they're all laughing whenever uh barnum tells her that she's beautiful and mm-hmm. um but there is another i guess subplot to it about the way black people were viewed at the time yeah. uh because the first time I watched this movie, it took me a little bit to, to grasp it when Zendaya, I can't remember her character's name, but her and her Anne brother. Wheeler. Okay, there you go. And um, her and her brother um, join the troop, and they're not odd or anything by today's standards. Yeah. But back then, you know, you wouldn't have black people performing because, you know, it was still a yeah. an extremely racist time. This was um, antebellum, so this was before the Civil War. So there were still slaves in the South. Yeah. So, um, which this being more of a family friendly film, uh, you don't really get any racial slurs except for one later on in the film. Uh, it, and later on, when they his parents. They run in, like they're going to go see a show, and his parents are like, "Have you no shame dating one of those, uh, whatever?" They don't really. They hint. colored the help, but the thing about that is, is that this is, like I said, this is antebellum. So like the help, the help doesn't really exist. It's not the help. It's like your slaves. Well, this is they're in they're in New York, right? So yeah. 
Well, like the hill. I, I think. There wasn't I think what like, they mean is like there wasn't like a substantial like African American like population in like the North um, until what? I think like until like around World War One or whatever, or until like post Civil War where they you know started going right. But with the one with with but, black people who lived in the North, yeah, um, they they still weren't given like high profile jobs. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I mean, because whereas whereas in retrospect, you know, the generalization of of history shows that the the Union states, as as you would refer to them, yeah, um, were not racist at all compared to the Confederate states yeah. because the Confederate states had slaves, which is you know yeah, obviously absolutely yeah. terrible. But the Union states still didn't treat black people with equal respect as like they would treat white people. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, like during the Civil War, um, abolitionists, um, the abolitionist sentiment wasn't really all that popular among the North. I mean, um, it was seen as kind of like a, I don't know, like early on before the Civil War, like directly before, it was seen as kind of like a radical idea. Like John Brown was seen as like crazy for doing what he did. Um, but I mean, none of this matters really because it's, it's just a movie play, you know, it's a musical and musicals have always kind of played hard and fast with history. So it was another, it's not, it's not really something that, you know, as like, um, a history, like geek, it's not something that really bothers me. Welcome to the history podcast. I didn't realize that we were going to be doing anything. Well, I was just going to say that uh, as someone who's part of an interracial relationship, you, you get looks and stuff now. So back then, I couldn't even imagine how bad it yeah, would be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, any uh, even back then, yeah, it, it'd be incredibly crazy, unheard of. Yeah, especially, and I mean, like you pointed, like you mentioned later on in the film, um, Zach Efron's character is seen with Zendaya's character, Anne, uh, going to... I guess they're going to the the opera or whatever with the yeah. with the singer, and his parents are there, and you know she, they say something like um, about him running around town with the help, and make him away in downtown, walking Sorry. fast. Especially for someone like him Faces who comes from past. like a high upper class family, you know, I'm I'm sure it was like very very much looked down on um, in those circles, but I did feel like. I needed to mention it because, like I said, the first time I watched this film, it took me a while to grasp exactly why they were included in the circus. Because mm-hmm. obviously, with a modern mind, two black people performing doesn't seem like anything odd. But yeah. for the time, yeah, it, it's extreme. It was extremely rare for that to happen. Yeah, and it, um, it would feel it feels kind of because I get what you mean because it's it's also the circus. You know, this isn't like. Um, an opera or anything like that you know so it's like right so they're surrounded by people who are like have physical abnormalities yeah um so and fat guy yeah <laughs> he's just fat yeah. he's How? 500 pounds <laughs> what, 750, what 750 pounds, pounds? <laughs> Sixty nine thousand pounds nice <laughs> nice bro what if they said that that's when they shook hands they're like nice <laughs> <laughs> uh so the circus i guess does it does it it has a bit of a slow takeoff does it not 
It doesn't like really kick off immediately. As soon as they get all the uh, unique people, they slap posters and everything all over, and they're selling tickets immediately because O'Malley is shocked when people start showing up. Okay, yeah, and then, and then, then they start selling it, out when the mobs—not mobs, but the people that are like, "Oh, this is bullshit," and they get bad reviews. It's like, yeah, more people going to show up. Let's give them half price tickets. We'll, we'll sell out. I think the reason they they ended up selling out is because that critic put the bad review in the paper, and Barnum says. You know, oh yeah, you're right. S- send the send the review to every newspaper in New York, and whoever brings it to the ticket booth gets half off, and that's when they sell out for the first time. That critic is us. It is us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Cody. So, Cody doesn't need to be embarrassed yeah, by his singing. Please. He's very good. At he did it. Cody. He gets oh, like real embarrassed. Yeah, it was, it was way better than I could have done. <laughs> uh, so. He goes and seeks out a business partner, um, and I'm not entirely sure why. It wasn't. It's not clear to me exactly why he wants a business partner. Maybe it's just someone who has. Uh, he wants someone who has a lot of connections. I think based on my understanding, um, they saw they, when they got ended up going to the upper class. He ended up seeing him, and he knew he was an up up shot guy who could hit hit the uh, upper class audience, uh, which he wasn't able to get. So. He wanted to hit that audience, basically. Okay. Um, so he does seek out Zach Efron's character, uh, which I can't remember his name either. That um, is Philip Carlyle. Okay, thank you. Carl. So he seeks out Philip Carlyle, and that's when mine and now I know Jacob's favorite song in the movie is performed. Um, and the the song itself is great, and the choreography in the scene is great. Um, and the fact they're getting white girl wasted during the song is pretty awesome too. It's just an added yeah. plus. I'd have to hear the song I, again. It, it, it's just, it, one of the little things in the in the choreography that I really love is when they're still sitting at the bar and they they've each taken a shot, and Barnum asks for the bottle and he pours it and he like kind of tosses it back to the bartender. I don't know why, but I love that whole like just fluid motion that happens right there but yeah, i like the whole uh portion where the, the shot glasses are making noise on the counter and adding in the song that's uh yeah one of my favorite parts about that i was impressed yeah. by how he poured the shots for like when they had the eight lined up and none of them spilled them on the table that was just me sorry i'll shut um, up now, <laughs> now in, in the in the reimagined soundtrack uh, i also like that version of the song it's performed by um max and ty dollison um, I think it's a great version of this song. Okay, but, well, you keep saying reimagine. Can we just say like covers <laughs> soundtrack? Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. <laughs> well, that, that's that's specifically what it's called. It's the greatest showman reimagined. So, well, that's, that's just a fancy word to make it sound soundtrack. like. Like this isn't like Kids Bop Fifteen. How is it even reimagined? They don't even change the songs that much. They're just sung by a different person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean they use their they use their own they they do their own music and stuff. Where it's not like the same like musical style music like the zach brown song has a lot of like banjo and stuff in it yeah, in their cover of it banjo <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway during the song um you see that uh barnum is proposing to philip about becoming business partners at first philip is reluctant to do it uh because he he claims that he enjoys the life he's in and even if it means you know living a pretty much 
a really kind of boring life for him. Is he like a playwright um, or something? Yeah, he's a playwright. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, because he merely asked me, he goes, yep, that's me. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when he approaches him, he's like, you're the playwright? He's like, yeah, you can uh, go to the box office for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's pretty good. Um it's great because during the song, the song even includes like the negotiation on how much of a cut he's going to get. And uh, I, I don't know. This song is just fantastic overall. But um, in the end, Philip agrees to become. Sorry. What? Hey, you said in the end, I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah. God, so high. <laughs> God, so high. Um, at the end, he agrees to become a partner at. Uh, gaining 10% of the profits and uh, oh, gosh it's it, it's always hard for me to go through like plots especially in something like this where like the songs carry so much of, of the movie for me yeah. um, hey, anybody wants to go back in our archives and listen to the duel episode you'll know how bad I am at plots so this will be a lot better <laughs> <laughs> Cody you're uh, doing fine don't put yourself down so the next song is never enough. Yeah. So uh, basically, after um, Zach Efron agrees to be partners, they they come back to the circus troupe, and uh, he's like, "How are we gonna How are we gonna get to the high class?" And Zach Efron's like, "Let's go say hi to the Queen." So they go over to England. Oh, yeah, Fucking that's Queen, right. mate. And that was yeah. The, the little guy. Sorry, the short individual. Yeah, they prefer <laughs> little people. Man. I'm sorry. Uh. Okay. Well, I was right the first time. Then I said, "Little guy." Uh, but he said he, he said something to her, to the queen, and she was like, <gasps> "Everybody like the fan." And then she started laughing. I can't remember what it was. But I remember busting like, out laughing. He's like, "You're a fucking raggedy old bitch." <laughs> 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 they, they're they're uh, talking about each other's height. Yeah, yeah. He, she makes a comment about how short he is, and he said, "Like you're not you're not exactly reaching the top shelf either, sister." <laughs> that was great. I actually yeah. audibly busted out with that. It was good. <laughs> One part about the uh, going to England part is uh, Zendaya talks to her, is like, hey, are we all able to go? And uh, even Zac Efron at that point before uh, he even gets to know him is like, yeah, we'll make sure we, everybody's going or nobody's going type of, type of thing. Right. And Which and again, cool. I think that's a, a bit of a commentary on the fact that, you know, to me, to me, I saw that as, as her being like, well, because because her and her brother are black, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, are they going to be allowed to go over there? Like, or will they be accepted as going over there? Which, you know, they end up all going. It's it's a great scene, but during the scene where they're they're at meeting the queen or whatever is when the opera singer is introduced. And uh, I initially thought that there was going to be like a giant affair between. Uh, Barnum and, and this opera singer. I thought that's uh, what a lot of it was implying when, like, he was visiting her and stuff. He went to bust one out. Yeah, I thought they were, like, you know, indirectly being like, oh, yeah, he's just mad cheating on his wife. Yeah, but, you know, you, later on, of course, you find out that that's, that's really not the case. And she actually ends up being kind of a bitch yeah. uh, because she intentionally frames it to look like that that he was cheating with her. She yeah, also like, she makes some um, funny hand gestures when she sings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hated that part. It's like with her, you know, he's a married man. 
And I mean, I get yeah. the whole fair thing, and people do it all the fucking time and all that shit. But it's one of those things. It's well, like I love how, of course, you know they don't have like photographs back then. I'm assuming, so it's just a picture of them kissing. Well, they, <laughs> it's on the news. It was weird. So they don't have photographs. They take a photo. Yeah, they took a photograph of it, but in the newspaper, it was like um, a sketch or something. Oh, it was like drawing. a drawing or something. Yeah. Right? It was great too. He's like, "How could you do this? It's a fucking He's drawing." Like, this- <laughs> How did they get this of me? <laughs> How did they get this? <laughs> God damn it! I didn't, didn't even notice that part. And then this is, this is the back page, they have a picture of him shaving his legs. He's like, oh, he's I like, do it for aerodynamics. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, aerodynamics. It's like a picture of his asshole yeah. spread. He's like, what the fuck? That was for my wife. How did they get this? When uh when we get to the part later on where like the whole scandal like is shown, I do want to go more in depth about it because it it just doesn't. I don't think it flows well with the movie, but we'll get there. Um, so he meets the opera singer. He tells her that he wants to bring her to the to New York and basically help her like become world famous instead of just famous in Europe. Uh, even though he has never heard her sing, um, and that does happen. They go back to New York. There's the opera performance, you know, the opening night or whatever. And um, everyone loves her. They're in like an after party sort of sort of thing where they're in a private room. And the circus troupe shows up. And uh, they're trying to walk in the room. And, and Barnum is like keeping them out. He doesn't want them in the room at all. He's like, no, you and, guys uh, make me fucking sick. Stay out there. <laughs> Uh, which is the first moment where you're like, it's really clear that like Barnum isn't really necessarily, he doesn't, it seems like he doesn't really care about them as people. He just basically is using them as rungs on a ladder to become wealthier and more famous. Call me Vince McMahon. <laughs> Cause I, I don't know why I made the connection, but obviously the circus is like, you know, wrestling. And then he's tried twice, and he made the XFL like he wanted to compete with the NFL. And that was his big thing. So he's drawn away from WWE, and they have other people kind of running the show or whatever. Wait, Vince McMahon created his own football league? Yeah, he did twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's so um, stupid. Fucking Vince McMahon. Hey, um, and now I think I think The Rock owns it now. Yeah, The Rock owns it. And, yeah. And, you know, Vince also has, like, you know, they try to make movies. You know, No Holds Bar, which is the awesome Hulk Hogan oh, movie. But if that movie had been successful, like Vince... When did they make the... 1988. They made that... Didn't they fund that John Cena movie where he's like... Yeah, that's his movie, yeah. And the thing is, it's like, if that had been successful, like Vince would have went to Hollywood. And now there's rumors that Disney might be... Disney might be buying the WWE. So it's, you know... What? Mickey Mouse wrestler. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey! Hey there! Uh, But, you know, it's just one of those... It's just funny seeing, like, you know... You find the new shiny toy, is what PT did in this, in in this story. Yeah. He was like, and he was like, no, it's everything. But he was also ashamed at that point because he was around the high society like he wanted to be, and then they wanted to join. And he was like, no, 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 go ahead, go away. And that was kind of fucked up. I hated that part. He's like, I need yeah. that Swiss pussy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that <laughs> Cody, <laughs> Cody's trying to no sell it. He goes, he's like, <laughs> he's like Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um so yeah after he like kind of pushes him out uh that's when 
now this isn't like necessarily one of my favorite songs in the movie, but I think in the context of the movie, the song is like very powerful. Um, that's this is me. Um, you know, they go out, they go out in the street and they're, they're singing and performing and everything. And you see like the group of like protesters out there. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it is like, because it, it is like you you go from seeing Barnum like shoving them out and it's like really fucked up, yeah. and you see them like it's like they're not going to be ashamed of who they are just because someone else is ashamed of who they are. Yeah, I think and, the uh, the song was good for the moment it took place in the story, but um, and um, you know, I think the message behind it was good, but I just found the song the music to be this was the most generic song out of all of them if you ask me this was the most yeah, well this was the most like standard pop song to me like it really yeah well this is the one that i feel like became the biggest radio hit because kesha redid it and uh it was all over the radio yeah. at the time that might have some um you know impact on my perception of it but i do feel like this is the most generic song of the yeah group. oh i did for, i did forget to mention that before the performance um Philip goes up to Barnum and he tells him like, you know, Hey, the, the troops here, would you want me to give him like one of the, the viewing boxes? And he's like, no, that's, that's too visible. Uh, put him in the standing room. And it's like, he doesn't want anyone to see them there. Cause he doesn't want his, his basically, I think it's his attempt to become part of high society. And he doesn't want that potentially ruined or tainted. Yeah, he, by the fact that his circus troupe is there. Yeah, he doesn't want them to mix. Yeah, and, and he's also ashamed which, of it. Like, yeah. he's ashamed of what got him, quote unquote, to the dance, if you will. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. And like, yeah, like you said, like, like Owen said earlier, like using it as a stepping stone. Like everything is that him. You know, yeah, all he's good at is promoting. Yet he's using everybody's talents to get him to a certain level, and then he doesn't mind discarding them, but still reaping the profits that they make. So, right. And during the performance, you get the first instance of um, the like the interracial uh, couple scenario being brought forth. Um, yeah, Zach Efron and Anne hold hands, and he sees someone look back at them. And yeah, it's his parents. Whispering. Oh, it's his parents there. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they see him, and he like quickly lets go of her hand, and she realizes what's happened, and she storms off. Rightfully so, because do, do they know, have any that's, that's really a prick Sorry, Jake. Go ahead. I was just for me. This is my favorite part of the whole movie is that interaction right there. Uh, it's just the, a lot of subtleties that make it really beautiful between like the lips twitching when she realizes what's happening and her eyes starting to water up. Uh, it's just it's basically an entire heartbreaking story in just a few moments and a few glances, and uh, I think it's really really beautiful right there. I'm just, yeah, is there any indication that that is his parents? At first, because I know I, um, I, I made well, a connection in my mind. I didn't know if there was a thing that oh, that's his parents, but you know. I mean, when when he's first introduced in the in the movie, he's with his parents, and then it's the same people, the same actors. Okay, I so, didn't I didn't pay much yeah. attention to him. And then my bad. That's my fault. So, uh, we already talked about this is me song being performed, and um, you see Jackman. 
or Jackman, Barnum. I, I keep mixing like the actor <laughs> well, names. I know, you said, names, you, you go Zach yeah. Efron in, and I'm like, what the hell? I keep trying to say Philip, but it's so, it's so difficult whenever like it is such like a recognizable actor that like, it's just, it's just easier for, in my mind goes to like the actor's name instead of the character's name. Yeah. Uh, so you find out that Barnum is planning a a nationwide tour uh, for the opera singer, which I can't remember her name either. I think it's something Lynn, I think. Yeah. Or Lynn something. I think it's yeah, Lynn. Miss Lind is, yeah, Miss Lynn is. Yeah, Miss Lynn. Yeah. Okay. Like that. She's um, touring with uh, Lynn Biscuit. Lynn Biscuit. Shit. And uh, Zach, Zach, uh, Philip confronts him <laughs> because he, he, for in order for this tour to happen, he took out another big loan from the bank, and he even said, admits that it's going. They're not going to make a profit on it until the forty-first show. Did we cover? Um, well, he said over. He said until you hit your forty, uh, like over forty shows, and PT was like forty-first to be exact. He already knew. Yeah. Did we cover um, the fact that his family life is kind of breaking apart too? That's also because he's not there. Yeah. The <laughs> there's this funny scene when he's leaving to go on tour. And like um, his like daughters are running up to the carriage that he's in, and he tells the driver, he's like, "Go, go." And, and the funniest thing about this is that this is can go. Yeah, this is literally like um, this scene happens like right after he's like, "No one's gonna make fun of my children," and then he's like, "Go, go, go, well, please." What I thought about what I thought about during that carriage scene is it's a parallel to uh, when he was a kid and Charity was being like being sent off to the finishing school. Yeah, and. Uh, He's like chasing after the carriage then, and so like he's basically to me, it seems like it's it's a way to show like he's making his children feel the same way that he felt yeah um, back then like they're like they're being left behind basically so um, yeah that part's a little later on because I think that's during the tightrope song oh okay then yeah 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 because uh he you know we like I said we find out that he's doing this tour or whatever and then like he's at home telling his wife about it and i can't remember what she says to him but he just kind of like brushes it off and he's just like you know whatever you know you know me baby i gotta do what well, i gotta he, do and he huh? said i think he's kind of like you know, i just want more and stuff like that and she says she's perfectly happy with what she's been given oh yeah that's right he says i'm trying to give you the life that i promised you and he and she said you know i already had everything i wanted but you know and, um, he says that but in reality he's just serving his wants at this point. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he rides away after very rudely leaving his children behind. Go, 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 go. They're trying to catch please, up. Go, 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 please. And it's really messed. It's really messed up. Whenever uh, <laughs> you hear him say, "Don't let them catch you, you son of a bitch." He's like, "Can't this fucking thing go any faster?" And then they go from the horse's <laughs> point of view, and he goes, "Look at my hooves, daddy. Look at my hooves." <laughs> It's Freddy Got Fingered. That's another favorite of Jacob's. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Jacob, I, I, Jacob's here. Let me do this quick sidebar. Um, but I don't know. We were talking about like A Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th or whatever. He goes, yeah, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Got Fingered. That's one of the movies, right? And I'm like, no, Jacob, that's not. <laughs> but he had, sure the most, he had the most earnest look on his face like, that's the, that's the movie title, right? And I'm like, no. It's just as scary as the rest of them, so it is. It might as well be. 
He jacks off a horse. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely thinking about uh, Freddy's dad is the one that I was thinking about <laughs> during that conversation. <laughs> Which is pretty terrible. It. No, it's great. I mean, I, I never because I hadn't seen the movie at that point, and never had a thought I was ever going to. And then uh, Cody Owen goes, "Yeah, so watch Freddy got fingered." I'm like, "Fuck!" Okay. <laughs> and I was like, "I remember Jacob saying this. Maybe I can get him on that episode." I'm like, "Nah, that episode's gonna be a fucking shit show." I have never seen Freddy got fingered, so you're not missing a lot. You should. But I will say this: I would watch Freddy Got Fingered over this movie again. Listen to our episode. <laughs> I've li- I have listened to the episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he, he's one of our. He was one of our five very loyal listeners. Okay, we're going to be sending you a special package. <laughs> it's my package. Oh, I hope so. We're going to send you a filmoscopy T-shirt in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a well, somebody two, uh, two, or, two or three years from now when you know the show ends, ends up getting canceled. It's going to be written in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be crayon on a white t-shirt. Moscovy brand Moscovy. condoms. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I actually want to make like hoodies and shirts for this. I want to make like I just said some branded condoms. That'd be pretty dope. I just want to build an audience, a bigger audience first. Before <laughs> we do that. Cody's like, I just want to actually be responsible. And <laughs> well, not Cody, stupid. if we ever pay for advertisement, <laughs> we might become a bigger podcast. I think we're funnier than most yeah, people. Yeah, I know we. Where were we? I forgot. Okay. I think you guys skipped the rewrite uh, the stars song. Uh, I don't think I don't think we're there. It's not, we're not there yet. Just uh, I'm looking at the soundtrack list just so I can keep everything in order. Um, I think the re well because uh, the rewrite my stars song is directly after this is me, um, oh, which yeah, is before yeah. tightrope. You're right because yeah. she she goes to the the theater because yeah because he's after um, Barnum walks off from having the discussion about the tour with. With Philip, uh, the bearded lady reminds him that he has somewhere he has to be, and he meets her at the opera house, and where she's picking up the tickets. And unknowingly, he had them save two tickets instead of just one. Um, but well, she on didn't know. I in, think he knew though. The way you make it sound is like I didn't know I saved two tickets. Sweet, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I said, I said, I said. You said unknowingly. I I'm said. like, uh, I think she didn't know. I mean, I meant that she un she didn't know un she whatever. <laughs> I, you know, you know what I meant. Mind broke. Hey, hey, don't get hot about it. It's fine, dude. We're just like trying to keep your shit straight. You know, it, you know what I mean? You piece of shit. Who <laughs> broke broke Cody's brain? Uh, so on their way into the opera house. His parents see them together, and that's when you get the the moment where have you no shame? Uh, yeah, have you no shame? It's like you're running around. T- why are you running around town with the help or whatever? We also have a cashier named Shane, so I go, "Have you no shame?" Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon. Yeah, I wish that'd be awesome. See, it all goes back to wrestling. My girlfriend fucking hates it. Go. I'll send her something. She goes, "Of course, it's wrestling related." I'm like, "Just fucking watch wrestling." But you know. And they're automatically in the like circus, which is like, wow, that was a really close building. They teleport. Yeah, they. I think if they had shown the whole uh, them running to the circus, it might have taken too long. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but she's getting ready to do like a like tightrope practice, I, I guess. Well, I think she's trying to get get her like hurt feelings out, you know. So she's right. going to the thing that she loves the most. Yeah, I dance and, like that when I get my feelings out. Yeah. And this is this is the scene where rewrite the stars is performed. Um, I love the, the again. This is another scene where the choreography is really great, as well as the song. 
Yeah, there's the part where uh, like they're swinging on the trapeze, and uh, Zach Efron climbs up to the second balcony to jump onto the trapeze, and all <laughs> I can think about is the Jeff Hardy uh, edge spear in the TLC match. <laughs> that is take, take Zendaya out. There, there are a couple moments in this in this scene where I'm just like. This is really dangerous. Like that scene, that moment in particular is like that could have gone very wrong. Like she just can't hold on to the trapeze and like <laughs> falls. And they fall to the. I love it it's how. Like, oh God. I love it how he's the one jumping onto her. I'm like he's got to be heavier. <laughs> this girl's like ninety it, pounds. It, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a light light contact either. Like it seems like uh, it's uh, probably yeah. hurt because you hear like a very like audible thud whenever he grabs onto. It's her. the same sound in Twilight. When uh, Edward stops the car and he goes, mm, and they slow, <laughs> and they 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 isolate the sound where it's just him going, mm. and I'm like, <laughs> that's exactly what this was. But and it was very ironic. Same. Like she's ninety pounds, he's probably two thirty on the juice. She's, she's like, just I gotta like, get ready for Baywatch. She just rips her her arms off. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also the moment where like she's swinging down. And he's on the ground and like basically like he's just standing there and grabs her and they fall to the ground, you know, because she's swinging it who knows how fast and just collides into him. Yeah. And it's just like I, they could have touched up the choreography in this a little bit. I don't know but. why I thought Cody was going to be like, yeah, she was swinging dicks. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> and then he Man, goes, he's swinging Zendaya and he grabbed can it. Get it. <laughs> what was that, Jakey? I said Zendaya can get it. Yeah, she that, can. That is she absolutely can. right. She's getting it from Spider-Man right now. Spider-Man. Lucky bitch. <laughs> I want to take Spider-Man's God, dick. I wish oh. that was me. That's why he's like, God, I wish I was a Spider-Man. I wish I could be webbed up. It's my condom. Imagine. Hey, speaking of which, uh, there's going to be rumored three different Spider-Man in Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Mm. It's going to be awesome. And I can't wait for the Flash movie. They're going to have like two or three different Batmans. Too. Yeah, they for sure have confirmed that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are going to be in it. Affleck? <laughs> I don't know why I always Black. do that every fucking time. I apologize. Oh, Netflix. Ben Affleck. Oh. <laughs> Affleck, you, I get money now. Sorry. So at the end of the song, uh, it still seems like you know, Anne doesn't want to give him like give him another chance. You know, he's had two two opportunities basically to like I guess prove that they're that they could work and. It just nothing's going right for them, so she walks away. Um, well, she tried to walk away a couple of times. That's when he started dancing. She goes, "Well, I guess I gotta do this." Damn, look at that body. <laughs> look at that body. Look at that ass. <laughs> Damn, well, so that was that was rewrite the stars, but tightrope is a, is the song after rewrite the stars. Yeah, and that's when uh, that's when he walks away from his. Uh, that's when he goes in the carriage from his, away from his kids. Uh, go, yeah. go, go, his, go, uh, go, go, go! Is singing that's that one. Cool. That's yeah. Um, go, go, get the fuck out of here. Run him over. Look at my hoo. And it shows, uh, it's got like a montage of uh, uh, Hugh Jackman on tour with Lynn. And then yeah. uh, the old late, uh, the wife with the kids like eating grapes by themselves at a table and stuff. They look, yeah. They're having fun though. So, I mean, like, like, was it really that sad for him? Yeah, do they really need him? Maybe like, he's just a piece of shit dad. We don't know. Yeah, it. Maybe he's like, <laughs> 
Well, all I know is they <laughs> did have that old drunk is gone. In real life, they did have two more kids, and then when his wife died, he married a woman forty years his his junior. So badass, dude! Shout out to P.T. Barnum. Yeah, buddy. My, my man. <laughs> hey, what's ironic is I think his circus club. I think the circus he started closed in twenty seventeen. Fuck. Yeah, it's not a uh, the circus is not a good thing either. So yeah. P.T. Barnum is n- by no means a, a great character, or a great person. No. <laughs> I know the best part about it. Uh, hold on, he is. I mean, much like the WWE, the stars. I mean, I'm not defending Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying that's another good comparison to make. Like you, you said, like P.T. Barnum is like um, a. A parallel to Vince McMahon, well, like the the talent is also uh, parallel to the talent in WWE. Because unless you're just like a huge name in WWE, you're not really getting paid a lot. Yeah, and, which we we have but mean, covered. But meanwhile, you know, the promoter is like raking in the money, and that's a lot. I think that's a lot of the problem with like circus. Um, uh, all this has been covered world. in. Our episode covering the wrestler, which is probably my best episode as a host, so go back and check that out. Uh, but uh, but P.T. Barnum, there's a quote that's been attributed to him, but there's no proof can be found of him saying it. It's there's a sucker born every minute. Okay. And the the term going back to the last wrestling reference for my girlfriend when she's listening to this is the last one for the episode. Uh, the the <laughs> there's a term in wrestling they call the fans call marks. It's the people that believe wrestling's real, or it's evolved into a term that the people think like what they see is like, oh, this is great wrestling, and this is they just—it's demeaning towards the fans. That originated in the circus. The person who's doing the tickets, they look inside. Let's say someone like a woman or wallet or whatever it is, a man's reaching to his wallet. They look inside the wallet and see if they have any more money. And there's some way they mark the person. And then when they're walking down, that's when you get, like, all the people like, hey, try this, you know, shoot the ball in the bucket and get, you know, a PlayStation 4 like I did at a fair one time. Um, did you win? No, I did not. Cody was there. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. Yeah, I hate those fucking bucket games. They're like, look, it's so easy. And it's like, dude, you probably sit here and do this all day long because you have nothing else they probably, to do. Have you seen – there's this one video where um, I think it's in some, like, South American country, and, like, the game is, like – um. You hold on to this bar um, and try not to fall off or something. And they have, like, little weights that they pull out to make the bar collapse on itself. But the guy had it held a specific way to where he was holding it on. And so the guy running, like, the scam was like, get the fuck out of here. You start kicking him off of it, like, while the entire crowd is just watching it happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all about making money. So the circus, wrestling. I mean, wrestling started off as a, a show in the carnival anyway. It's always been, like staged to an extent they're like hey you know they even said like back in like the roman times that it was staged like you know they would always have two guys fight and whoever lost would end up getting fed to the lions for the you know the shows of the gladiator you know shit or whatever and so they would just like stage it to where okay no one's gonna have to die and we're just like we all survive and shit so that's one come all what in this gorgeous george versus andre the giant I don't think in the middle of nowhere. I don't, I don't think uh, Andre's that fucking old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I couldn't think of another old ass wrestler from like, like Gorgeous George. Maybe days. Bruno. You're like Gorgeous George. He stopped wrestling. Bruno in the San 60s. Martino. Yeah. And Andre was born in like the late sixties. Like, what the hell? Okay. What about Gorgeous George versus Luthez? 
Does that work? That probably would work, is. yeah. I can't remember if there was a, like a clear-cut reason why uh, Barnum decided that he was going to go back home. Well, because um, uh, she... I don't know. I think he missed his family. She made a move on him. Yeah, she was like hitting on him. Okay, like, no, yeah. I can't do yeah, this. She was like, I want to suck your penis. And he was like, no, don't suck my penis. She was like, <laughs> fuck And you. then she, she gets like highly offended by it. She's like, and it's oh. like, so there's several things that this whole like setup is, it feels very rushed. Because um, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. You can finish the tour without me. I'm going home. And she's like, well, if you're not going to be here, I'm quitting. So it's like, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to, like, your your chance of becoming, like, world famous like you wanted is gone. All because this guy won't have sex with you? Like. If he ain't putting out, I'm quitting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And then she we utters. talked already a little bit Go ahead. about how, you know, they take the final bow. And she's like, she she kisses him or whatever in front of, like, the reporters and she says, I quit. And it's like, what a bitch. Like, intentionally doing it just to basically try and ruin his personal life. All because he wouldn't do the thing that would likely actually ruin his personal life. You know? Yeah. And she whispers to him as she leaves. She goes, by the way, the curtain does match the drapes. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> you might want to get tested. <laughs> but then... <laughs> you might have herpes now. <laughs> It'd be uh, funny if he like got so, like really pissed off and he's just like, "You fucking bitch! You're taking food out of my kids' mouths." And, and he sort of scratches his crotch. He goes, "Oh no!" Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so does anyone else have like an opinion on like how this all went down? Does it does it seem normal to y'all, or did it just you know did it seem kind of out of place? It feels kind of bolted on. Yeah, you could tell they they might have wanted to just add an extra layer um, to. Um, you know, the liar-revealed storyline that they had going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a simple story. You know, boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, yeah. boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, girl dies in a tragic bloating accident on New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what fucking is... simple. And the worst part was it wasn't even on Goodyear. year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the uh, I thought it was added on there as well. Of it was it's very weird. They definitely should have at least been hooking up. Yeah, I mean it. It would have made him seem more scummy and less less redeemable in the end. But I think it would have made a little more sense. I think he, this movie overall would have been better as a tragedy. Yeah, give it more of an edge. And, hell yeah, a musical as a tragedy. What the hell, guys? Yeah, it would have been kind of dope if this. Uh, I feel like the feel good like inspiring story. I don't know. I feel like this would have been definitely better if it had some edge. You probably also but is the is the feel good incorporated? You guys are probably happy Iron Man died feel too. Good. You fucking assholes. Feel good ink. Oh, I was happy when that happened. I don't you. feel so good, <laughs> Mister Stark. <laughs> I just want to know if he shit the Iron Man suit or not. Oh my god! All of a sudden, you're like, oh god, he did shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did how, Tony, did, uh, how did Iron Man die? I forgot. He 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 snapped his oh, fingers. He got, man. he got snapped. Oh no, he snapped the fingers. He had the Infinity Stones, and that took all. Like it blew up half his body, pretty much. Uh, but he had a really big Mexican dinner beforehand. So when he shit, it was like his last <laughs> fuck you to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, your bowels do release when you die. So everyone's sitting around him crying that he died right there. It's like, didn't he? Oh, he gosh. turned. To, didn't he I'm, turn to dust? No, he didn't. No, no, that was the no. first movie, and he didn't turn to dust. That's everybody else. What? 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 Does he just explode? No, he doesn't explode. So he gets the no, Infinity Stones from Thanos. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the MCU podcast, everybody. I, I just, uh, I mean, I watched it. I just can't remember. It's been so long. Oh, well. He, like, falls to his knees, and he's got, like, a little blood dripping down his face. And he's like, I am Iron Man, and I'm dead. And <laughs> Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, he says it one more time. Well, I, am <laughs> I am Iron Man. <laughs> And that's why for anyone who says that Iron Man is just like Batman can go eat an asshole because Iron Man is not as good as Batman. Hey, 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 let's not get into that. Jacob is an MCU fan and he hates DC. Iron Man is just is better than Batman. He's a rich guy, but he's not afraid to show his face. Batman is like is like name four variations of Iron Man. Uh, the white one, the other white one, <laughs> the Tony Stark one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. I mean, I fucking cares. I might get into that. I like the MCU. And I like yeah, DCU. No one cares. I was yeah, I was making a joke, but let's move on. No, Cody. So we have to fucking discuss <laughs> this now. You said no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he goes back home. When he gets home, uh, the circus is on fire. Uh, because the it was too hot to handle. With a, <laughs> the troop got into it with a bunch of the, the, the protesters. The roof is on fire. You know those assholes. You know they're like, uh, okay. Fast forward real quick when the guy goes, oh, they they got the people who set your circus on fire. I'm like, you know what? That's not satisfying. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Yeah, are this you gonna make this? Time. Are you gonna make the guy that set it on fire pay for it, or, or at least suck it? my dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please. Um, but I think it, it, I it's just such trashy people they're like, We don't like you freaks, neighbor. you freaking freaks. Freaks Get out of our town. Get out of our town. There's also the scene where like they're like, Where's Anne? And they're like, Oh, we don't know where Anne is. She must still be inside. And then she just and comes Philip out. Runs in. And then she like comes out of nowhere. It's like, Okay. Yeah. And that was so funny, it, though. <laughs> <laughs> that shit made me laugh. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to say real quick, I, I had to point this out because I'm surprised Lance didn't point it out. During the the fight where it starts to fire, there's a there's a really awesome Hurricanrana that one of the guys oh, does. Oh, yeah. That was oh, yeah. fucking awesome. I'm like, Damn. I was, I was, it's like boyaka boyaka this morning, and I was like, "There's like a bunch of wrestling moves going on right now." Yeah, I, I thought Lance like a, was gonna freak out. Oh, I did, man! Someone like gives a drop kick, and hey, yeah. hey, what's what's even funnier is like because Cody, I said well, I would be ready by, for the podcast, but six fifteen, he goes, "Better make it six one nine." And he goes, "Dot dot dot boyaka <laughs> boyaka," and I'm like, "It's <laughs> fucking Ray Mysterio." <laughs> but um, it would be funny if like during that fire scene, like. You know when, um, goddamn, what's his name? Carnegie. He goes in, and then, and then Barnum goes in, and then someone goes in after Barnum, and then someone goes in after that person. Hey, 
I thought it was funny when uh, PT was carrying him out. Like Efron looks like such a bitch, like all passed out and everything. <laughs> uh, it was, and he had his arm. It was just like, uh, like nobody passes out like that. I, I forget how is he carrying, is he carrying him? Like yeah, like <laughs> he's like, he's like, like Lion King. You know, it's just uh, swing. I thought, I thought Owen was gonna say it'd be funny if uh, you know Carnegie. Go runs in there, and then Barnum runs in after him, and then someone else runs in after Barnum, and then Barnum comes out with Carnegie, <laughs> and the other guy never comes out. <laughs> so, I guess, I guess it's the next day. Um, they're kind of all sitting around outside the burned down building, and um, the, that's when the newspaper with the the drawing. Uh, is, is seen and he runs home uh, uh barnum runs home and sees that charity's packing up her bags because this illustration in the newspaper has absolutely convinced her that something happened hey, the best part is though like you're missing the one moment where the the critic and him he's just like he kind of he's like you know i'm sorry all this is happening to him he goes oh don't worry we'll have enough money because of what i'm making from the the music, the tour, and he goes, "Oh, you haven't heard? <laughs> I'm sorry." <laughs> he, he's like, "Says I'm sorry." Like three different things. There it was great. Yeah, but the illustration. I thought it was bringing up that critic though. The critic says something like, "Um, a, another critic may have said that it was a celebration of humanity or something." And it's like, mm-hmm. why the hell didn't you say that? You but, fucking brick. Because you know. he's upper class, guys. Yeah, He's I can't let down my upper class some, readers. Some might, a reviewer might have called it the greatest show. <laughs> Shut the <laughs> fuck he up. might be the greatest show he, man. He, he is a hey, last wrestling reference. I know I said that like 10 minutes ago. He's like Dave Meltzer, who like he rates all the wrestling matches. and It's a five-star match. Five stars. All that shit. And it's just like, if it's not Japanese it's a six and a half star match. So. so, yeah, Charity's leaving. And the kids aren't uh, even there though. She's yeah. like, "I'm leaving," and there's no kids. She's like, I have this. Dream. Well, they're already in. They're already in the carriage, I think. Yeah. Your turn, Dad. Chase us, motherfucker. Like, no. no. <laughs> it's like we're we're riding around the corner to Mama's house. Making my way downtown. I'm sorry. Because when you think about it, that house has to be very close to her parents' house because of when they were kids and went exploring in in the house that they ended up living in. And that fucking um, montage is like maybe thirty seconds. He's like, "Damn, he's already there." Oh, you know what? It may not have just been the newspaper thing that made her leave, but she also brings up the fact that they were like bankrupt. Yeah, because um, he put his house on the the house mortgage um, to put the the Lynn tour to, together. Yeah, and uh, she she says that she would have said yes if she had just if he had just asked, but he didn't. He's and like, please, lost the house. can I fuck this Swiss lady? Would have been fine in the ass. Yeah, this is not. That's, that's what she says to him. Yeah, she's like, "Would have been fine with it. You just asked me, like, shit." Like, I want a threesome. We always do it together. <laughs> His name, pussy. After that, he goes to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. When he's uh, when he's at the bar, though, all the circus people come in and they basically do their uh, their best Vin Diesel impression. They're like, "We family." It's all about family. I keep seeing that shit, but I don't even know what it's from. <laughs> Um, is it like a new fucking Fast and Furious? Okay, what is it? What it, yeah, the new one. What's the context though? Like explain it's it. Family in what most of Fast and Furious movies, everything's about family. Okay, yeah, but what does he say it for? Like, 
Just always. Everything. Oh, she always yeah, with family. <laughs> well, supposedly the Asian character that died in part three is now back in part nine. Yeah. I mean. Because he, it's like. We, we need somebody to dumb. replace Paul Walker. I don't think we should do this heist, man. This heist is crazy. You want us to jump out of skyscrapers into other skyscrapers and strap rockets to our cars and go into outer space and shit? Yeah, what what family, is this about? Dude. It's about family. <laughs> Hey, hey, listen here. It sounds like movie- Rocky's here. <laughs> hey, listen here. The movie's about family and farts, and fuck you. You can't do what like, I do. Did he say, like, in an interview about Fast and Furious? Like, was he being interviewed? No, he- he says that in the movies okay, that, think says- that, that it's about family. Hey, okay, this is more of a conversation between me and Jacob because we know the movie so well. And Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I got the reference on that one, Lance. Okay. Uh, but when he went, <laughs> I can see. Oh, like not what his fucking name is, Vin Diesel. Let's say Vince Vaughn. Uh, but Vin Diesel, they're like, uh, so is the movie about like cars and rockets? You know, fuck you, it's about family, and you can't do what I do. It's about family. <laughs> Need my jelly beans, man. You're fucking, you're the only one that gets sick when you don't get your jelly beans. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could do a good Vin Diesel impression, but you're right. I think the last time I tried to do one on this on this podcast, uh, I think Lance said it sounded like it sounded like Sylvester Stallone. You, we've talked about Vin Diesel before, have we? Yeah, we have because I think I made a family joke in a different episode, and you said oh. you're like, oh, <laughs> it you're like, oh, it sounds like Sylvester Stallone. It must have flew right the fuck over my head. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be quite honest. I don't ever remember. Like anything we say, so I've probably repeated like the same story like every episode we've done. Yeah, my man Den Viesel. Hell yeah. And Vince Vaughn are hanging out. I mean, even the even the uh Chronicles of Riddick movies are about family. Yeah. I can't I can't see shit. We don't like falafel? What about that movie The Pacifier? That's about family. It is. Holy yeah. shit. It is it's about, about take, family. Taking care of a family. Everything's about family. Ben Diesel's right, man. That motherfucker. Mm-hmm. We owe him an apology right now. And then uh, Gardens Vinny, of the Galaxy, Vinny, that's why family. Are you in the bathroom so long. Family. <laughs> family. <laughs> I am Groot. He says family. Uh, all right. So they, they come in the bar, they do their thing. Um, they all cheer him up, even though he's just. the only, Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up. The only reason it seems like that he. Um, is like willing to like jump back in and accept them all again and all that is because he fell so far from like that high society point that he was at. And uh, this, this, this scene is where the last song of the movie plays uh, from now on or whether it's performed, I guess I should say. Uh, Oh wait, is the song called from now on? Yeah. Okay, I thought you said this is the last song from now on. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, you're going to be like the pretty song corrupt from about now it. On. <laughs> from now on, this is the last um, fucking song we ever talk about. Which which I also find funny because the song's all about like, you know, from now on, he's going to like, Get some you know, be more. focused on that and everything. And then like five minutes later, he's he's handing everything over to uh Yeah, Phillip. does that get right? Like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to watch my kids, my daughters grow up, peace. and just Like, like immediately. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, be sure to send me my 50% in the mail, bitch. <laughs> yeah, what a like... dick. <laughs> I didn't think about that. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll restart. 50-50 sounds good, hell yeah. Yeah, 50-50 sounds good if I'm sitting on my ass at home. Like, we don't need a building anymore. We can get a tent. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at home while we have no overhead. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Where are you going, PT? Oh, I'm going home. Fuck this shit. And, then, and the thing is, um, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of this tent. When they when they use top hat. When they technically pitched the tent, it goes back to when he had a boner as a kid. Yeah, that's the full. <laughs> that's the, yeah. That's why he looked down at his cock. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's funny, Lance, because that's also when they're doing the final performance of the greatest show. So, uh, and he's like, God, this gets me fucking rock like, hard. He's like. Dude, I knew that would. I knew I'd fucking that would come back. Dude, I knew that'd come back. Uh, It definitely came on her back. Can we talk about fucking Mm. um, the lions that sound like elephants? They fucked up the thing. It's fucking bullshit. I I guess I didn't (laughs) notice that. I didn't notice that either. It's fucking, dude. The lions they jump up on their little pedestals and they go like fucking elephants. It's bullshit. I like I like how real quick going to the elephant thing. PT goes to pick up his family or whatever, riding an elephant in the snow. Where the fuck did he come from? Like he has no talents to that. Like how the fuck? (laughs) I haven't seen a fucking animal this whole fucking movie. He's a master elephant. That's another thing too. He's like he's like all right. I'm handing everything over. I'm gonna go watch my daughters grow up. But I'm also taking this elephant with me. I'm I'm parking. I'm parking this motherfucker out in the snow too. I am not pick up the shit. So whoever needs to do that, you need to get. That's such a get it. He like par- he like parallel parks it in between two carriages, and like the carriage behind it is just full of shit when he gets out of look, the. Look, if you don't get this motherfucker and it dies in the cold, look, that's off my hands. All right, that's you. <laughs> you own this. You own fifty percent of this yeah, shit. But the elephants are like from like. They're from like well, Africa. And yeah, that's like, like that. an African elephant from like Sub-Saharan Africa. Like, it's like he's gonna die in the yeah. cold. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that too when he walked up with it. It's like I don't think this elephant should be out in the snow like this. PT truly is an <laughs> asshole. Like through <laughs> everything he does, he's like, "Look, I got this badass elephant." <laughs> yeah, fuck you. This is about family and farts. You don't know what I do. <laughs> so uh, family and farts. Yeah, that's pretty much the movie. I guess we should also say it. At one point, he goes to his wife's parents' house and um, finds her by the ocean. And for her, well, like, her dad's very, like very quickly make her up. dad's like she's not here, and they're like she's at the ocean. You know how weird this is. Like the first time that they then, met her grandparents, and, he, and now they're when living. He walks with them? off. Yeah, when he walks off, the, the her dad turns around and is like you little bitches and slaps <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Good. You're not getting any food tonight, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, so yeah that's the end of the movie I do want to ask a question to everybody what is the better circus movie The Greatest Showman or Dumbo uh, Dumbo the cartoon or Dumbo the remake either but, one <laughs> I'm going to say this one because I haven't seen the remake because it looks crazy um, the but, remake I actually like the remake but yeah. I, haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen it I haven't seen Dumbo since I was like two so, I don't remember. Um, my, Same on that one. My favorite circus media is one where Dick Grayson's parents die in the Batman episode of the animated <laughs> series. <laughs> That's the best one. That's my, my favorite one compared to all of I this. I like this three ring circus. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say uh, where Dick Grayson's parents die in the circus accident in uh batman forever oh god like, not that's, just that's no I you're right never mind of. he's right that's it that's my favorite one my favorite is the tool song that has circus as a lyric <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so i guess we can get into our uh whether or not we recommend this movie um i think i know for me and jacob it's probably 
pretty obvious, but we'll start with Owen. Okay. I don't want to piss you guys off, but uh, <laughs> fuck you. Well, I'm not like I'm not like angry about this movie. Right? I didn't hate it. But, was it a family um, and farts. I'm kind of just lukewarm about it. Um, it was okay. <laughs> like you know, I don't know. It's if just, you don't recommend it. You don't recommend it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about hurting my feelings. I mean. I'm, We've already I'm established last like you episode did in the yeah. Blue Velvet episode. Yeah, we, we established the last episode that Cody's much more emotionally secure with his movie choices than you are. Yeah, <laughs> we have established that. That has been that is on the docket. Um, and I can't wait to hear that episode. <laughs> oh, it has like a little breakdown. He goes, "All right, no, fuck these guys." <laughs> He's like, "From now on, I'm just gonna sandbag your movies like you did to me." And Lance is like, "We didn't sandbag the movie." <laughs> that was pretty. Funny. I'm like, that was like one episode I've done that to, and I sandbagged my own episode with Twilight. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, so do you recommend it or not? Uh, if you are a fan of musicals, I'm sure you will get something out of this, but. The music just really wasn't my taste, and I found the plot to be somewhat predictable and kind of just generic, inspiring, kind of like a like a Disney movie, basically. Um, so I guess if you typically find yourself agreeing with me, then I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, if you like musicals, I'm sure you'll find something out of it. Oh, um, one thing before Lance goes with his, I forgot to mention because we we skipped over it. Uh, Philip and Anne do end up together in the movie, um, of course. Uh, but the last thing I think I mentioned was the the whole like rewrite the stars scene where she ends up walking away from him and everything. But they end up, they do end up together, but I can't remember the exact. Moment. After uh, after he's laying around in the hospital, she like comes up to him and she sing sing talks the words from Rewrite the Stars to him. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then they're like making out, and the doctor's looking like, "Oh, what's going on over there?" And he like reaches into his pants. Yeah, he's like, "Oh shit, I got a huge ass boner." <laughs> this movie, this movie is about family and fucking and it's fuck about, you. This movie is about pitching a tent. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Lance, would you recommend this movie? Um, well, I'm not emotionally insecure about my movies like Owen, so I'm not going to shit on it. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a good one-watch movie, and then the person can decide. So I recommend people to watch at least once. It's not my type of movie, like, at all. And it's not my music. I listen to prog metal. and <laughs> No, it's, I mean, it's not, I'm not a big, like, Disney fan. I'll, there'll be some Disney movies I like like Bambi and stuff like that. But I'm not a musical person and this is very much like a Disney musical movie. Yeah, we're I think but, me and Lance are just very much out of our elements. Yeah, it's very much out of our elements. So I'll just say it's a good one watch movie and then if you like it after that, you can take off with it. If you don't, at least you gave it a shot. It's not a bad movie and it's only an hour forty five, so it's not like offensively long. So, you know, yeah. it's not like Blue Velvet was. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Owen. Uh, but yeah, so I, say, I, say, I definitely recommend it for one watch just to see if you like it and you, know, you, you take it on your own. So, What about you, Jacob? Uh, I say you watch this movie or you die. That's what I say. Um, we're all going to cut your throat definitely, sleep. Yeah, we're going to find you and we will hunt you down. And we'll make you uh, fucking you can, donate. And you can run until that. We'll make you donate to our fucking Patreon, okay? But I definitely recommend it to anyone who wants to watch a movie and look at Zendaya and also maybe Hugh Jackman if you want to. 
Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but not Zac Efron. That's really, no, that, honestly, that's the best part of the movie, besides the bearded lady, is also a contender. For her. She has some big old titties. Yeah, she had some real mm-hmm. suckable ones, pal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I said, God damn. Bearded lady looks like a bearded I fucking want, cow. I want her you know to fucking scratch my head with her beard while I'm sucking Ow. on them titties. <laughs> Woo! Mama had a chicken. Mama had a cow. Dad was proud. He didn't care how. He, he didn't know how. Oh, okay, whatever. Cow. <laughs> chicken? Chicken? <laughs> What is happening? It's falling <laughs> apart, Jacob. It always does. Oh. We start talking about right. fucking classic cartoons. <laughs> is that a classic cartoon? Old school, I guess. <laughs> it goes classic cartoon like this fucking cow and chicken. It's, it's been like, like fucking 30 years <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> it has. But... It's 30 years. It's been like 20, not 30. I was like, that was before I was born. I'm like, no, it was around the time you were born. It's fun. It's funny. No, I, yeah, I guess it was around the time he was born. That was like like the last like wave of Cartoon Network like cartoons before they just got like ridiculously stupid. Although Cow and Chicken, you know, no one would blame well, anybody. There, 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 were ones after that that so there was a, there was a hidden gem show called uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's a part of a great movie. Block, great, but... great, great movie. I mean, great TV show. I mean, great movie. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like kids cartoons. Well, Aqua Teen is um, a kid cartoon. You didn't like um... Tario yeah. loves Aqua Teen. Hell yeah! Like, like the, like the wave of like you know like Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, my all time favorite cartoon. There, um, <laughs> there's a line from Johnny Bravo I use where oh, he goes, "My mama warned me about girls like you." I was hoping she was right. <laughs> I say that to my girlfriend all the time. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll do my recommendations now. Um, as much as I love this movie, I would I would agree more with Lance um, that you should definitely watch it once. And if you're not really into musicals, I still think it's worth watching, but I don't think it's necessarily going to grab you to the point where you're going to be like, "Oh, I've got to watch this again," you know. But yeah, I would recommend it at least at least watch it one time. One time. So, what about Jacob? We, we already, already went. He already, yeah, did he already went his. I don't remember I, Jacob I thre- recommending. We I threatened the public. We were too busy fucking screaming about cow and chicken. You two, you two have been just too. Peas uh, in a pod. Two, you know, just gabbing hens back, clucking hens back there this whole episode. <laughs> no, no, we Passing hear weird notes. noises. Yeah, you fucking everything. That like, you- I've heard like a really creepy ass fucking noise. I'm like, Owen's like no selling it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It sounds like a little voice. He goes, <laughs> and he goes, oh, it's probably a car. I'm like, what the fuck are you, what talking, are you talking about? about? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, talk about the next episode, which will be Lance's episode. Uh, well, let me go ahead and do a spoken intro for it. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Well, you know, 2005 was the release of Star Wars Episode Three: Attack uh, Revenge of Attack of My Penis, and that marked the end of an era. Like we thought there was going to be no more Star Wars movies. Fast forward ten years later, and unfortunately, we got more Star Wars movies that were not good. And I've decided over the next three of my movies, which would be like, well, shit, like over the next three months, roughly. That I am going to be covering the next the Disney trilogy, 
of Star Wars movies because I know Owen hates them very much. <laughs> and I want to have a shit show because I am going to be an instigator because I'm very controlled with my emotions with these movies. They're kind of, eh. But, you know, I think Owen's going to have, like, a very visceral reaction these is why I picked them. made me fucking hate Star Wars. <laughs> like, Ladies I, and gentlemen... I'm going to save that for I, the next episode, I, and I cannot and wait for this. I don't like... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. I literally... I don't... <laughs> I fucking don't like... I don't like Star Wars anymore because of these fucking movies. I was I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway 20. <laughs> don't have to call me hey, It was even oh, better. Wait, that's David Allen Coe. <laughs> it was even better. It's like me and Owen will randomly be at work and be like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> and then, and Cody stopped. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm like, we got him. <laughs> Mr. Conway Twitty. It just fucking worked out great. But, uh, hey, Jacob, hey. thank you very much for being on our episode, sir. Hopefully it wasn't too chaotic. It was glad. Good to have you on. Appreciate you guys uh, letting, me, letting me come in and join. And uh, it was a lot of fun talking the movie with you guys. Hell, I've been wanting you on the, the show for like eight months. I've been like, yeah, he's got a Alex has a brother that I'm trying to get on the show too, but who knows? Like, I've I made mentioned it. Jacob quite a few times. <laughs> hey Owen, uh, have you picked your next movie yet? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <There's> feeling <laughs> feeling fine. I might just pick Master and Commander. I already watched it a while ago, and I liked it, but I've never I've never heard of that. But it's a uh, Russell Crowe, the guy from Gal- Gladiator, and. Are you Cinderella not, Man? Are you not entertained? That's a movie I'll pick later on. Cinderella Man is a very good movie. Yeah. Well, we 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 already know that after Owen's movie, um, it's my movie is going to be the new Suicide Squad movie. Oh, thank God! I thought it was, I was waiting for you to be like Sweeney Todd. I'm like, fuck. Mr. Sweeney Todd. No, I think Sweeney Todd's think, pretty good. Ugh, I've picked out my next couple. I think it, after the new Suicide Squad movie, um, it's going to be The Grudge Two. Because uh, it'll be like Electric roughly the Boogaloo. one year, the one year mark since we did the first grudge. So, well, that was such a because great actually, episode. actually next month will be one year of doing this podcast. So. What? What? Yeah. And we were at a total of like nine hundred and thirty-four listens, like the whole show. It's yeah. fucking sweet. I guess we'll sign off here. Like so, pussy. like, what do you mean we'll, sign uh, off? See, you want to do like the AOL thing? Well, do do do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We'll see y'all in the next episode for Star Wars. Next episode on Dragon Ball Z. Are we doing The Force Awakens? I thought we were doing The Last Jedi. No, The Last Jedi is later on. That's going to be like the the funnest episode. Fuck all these movies. They all suck balls. (laughs) Well, we (laughs) already got Owen's recommendation, so, you know. Uh, Jacob, thank you very much for being on the show, sir. Thanks, guys. Make sure your listeners go uh, oh. check out our podcast, All Take Three, a movie treasure hunt. Uh, okay, you, know, you well. owe us like $5 for that plug. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but real can't, quick, um, can't before I, we go, uh, I gotta, Jacob. I got to get it when I can get it. Oh, hey, Jacob, I, I forgot that. Uh, go ahead and uh, say what your like socials are for the show. and you. Oh, my socials? Okay. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Jake Duke. And then you can follow the podcast at All Take Three Pod on Twitter. And real quick, Jake, uh, just uh, give the little spill on your podcast. You guys pick a like a movie theme, and then you guys pick a movie for each one of you, and then the next person picks a theme. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it. Basically, we uh, uh, we have three people on the podcast: myself, my brother Alex, who has been on this podcast, and his wife Kristen. Um, we 
each person gets a turn taking picking a theme, uh, and then um, when we're inside that theme, each person selects a movie within that theme. So, for example, we are currently doing movies with um, that have a musician in the starring role. Uh, we are about to record the Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny episode. Oh, I love that movie. So, that movie kicks ass. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's awesome. So. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But anyway, I guess we'll go ahead and, Cody, say goodbye for everybody. 